privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. This is the Exxon Radio TV show with Rob McConnell on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our worldwide family of broadcast affiliates. If you have a question for Rob McConnell or his guest, or if you've had a paranormal experience, call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 0, or email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, our one address is... X-Zone Radio TV. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon Radio Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, a guiding light spelled L-I-T-E dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter.
The Exxon Radio and TV Show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV Show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Rob McConnell, and you're listening to us on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on shortwave from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My producer at Master Control is the one and only Batman, and this hour we're going to be talking to Dennis Balthaser. As a young man, Dennis would look into the night sky and wonder if there were any secrets out there that they were holding that we should know about. Some years later, Dennis bought a book about UFOs and his wonder turned to investigation. Today, he has a library of over 90 books in reference to ufology. Dennis served three years with the United States Army in the 815th Engineering Battalion. After some 33 years in civil engineering, Dennis retired from the Texas Department of Transportation in 1996. And having been keenly interested in the Roswell Incident of 1947... Dennis decided to move to Roswell, New Mexico, to pursue his avocation, ufology. Initially, Dennis worked as an engineering consultant in Roswell, volunteering his time at the International UFO Museum and Research Center on weekends. Nine months later, he resigned from the engineering firm, assuming the duties of IUFO MRC Operations Manager, served on the board of directors, and became the UFO investigator for the museum as a full-time volunteer. Due to his love of ufology, he is... Dedication and his exhaustive work, Dennis is regarded as a leading investigator and ufologist by his peers, communicating regularly with such well-known researchers as Stanton Friedman, Donald Schmidt, Wendy Connors, and others in their quest to find the truth. Currently, in uh, currently Dennis is no longer affiliated with the museum. He is able to devote his full time as an independent researcher investigator to the Roswell Incident, Area 51, and underground basis research and frequently lectures on these and other topics related to ufology. Dennis is a certified Mutual UFO Network field investigator, a member of the Great Pyramid of Giza Research Association, and belongs to several UFO organizations. And uh, Dennis, how are you, my friend? What's new, thrilling, and exciting? I'm doing good, Rob. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Uh, What's new in Roswell? Well, it's getting warm. Really? Yeah, we were about 102 today, so we're starting to warm up a little. Starting to warm up? How warm does it get down there? Oh, we figure it's hot when it gets up to about 110. 
I'm sweating for you already, buddy. <laughs> uh, we don't have any humidity, though. That's, oh. that's the secret. We have about 15% humidity, so it's hot. There's no doubt about it, but find some shade or get under an air conditioner somewhere, and it's pretty comfortable. Yeah, I would imagine the uh, the bars in town do great. They probably do. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> so what have uh, you been working on? used to it. Yeah, so what have you been working on, Dennis? Well, uh, I just got through in March with the Aztec New Mexico Symposium. I was master of ceremonies for that one this uh-huh. year, and that's one of my favorite symposiums because it doesn't have the carnival atmosphere that many of them have. And in fact, we had the biggest crowd this year and the best lineup of speakers we've ever had. And uh, continue to write editorials every other month. Uh, got the July Festival coming up here mm-hmm. in Roswell in July. In October, I'll be doing a lecture for the North Carolina MUFON, and I believe I'm going back to Aztec again next March. Uh, I'm pretty much a permanent party with the Aztec Symposium for some reason. That's been going on for 11 years. And I've either been a speaker or a master of ceremonies every year, and it's just just an enjoyable symposium to be part of. That's because you're such a small guy. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I've got four areas of research that I do. You know, the the underground bases, Roswell, Area 51, right. the pyramids, and uh, that gives me a little diversity where I can do lectures on on different topics that are of interest to the to the public. Now. Uh... This is what's, what is the, what number anniversary is this? 64 or 65? 61. 61, is that all? Yeah, it was 1947, so oh, this gosh. past July 2007 was the 60th. And the city took it over this past year. Mm-hmm. The museum has been running it for the last several years, and the attendance has been way down, and a lot of dissatisfaction with the way it's been run, so. The mayor decided last year that the city would take it over. In fact, I was on the planning committee and, and worked on that for about eight months and then was also a speaker. And it went so well last year that uh, the city decided to Dennis, get it. Dennis, uh, stand by, buddy. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. We'll be right back. Dennis Balthaser is with us. Dennis Balthaser is our very special guest. He's a UFO investigator, researcher, and lecturer. And uh, some of the topics that he lectures about is interception, a first-hand account of his experience with an alleged U.S. US Air Force OSI agent in Oklahoma in 1997 while attempting to obtain physical evidence about the 1947 Roswell incident. The Roswell incident, then and now, from uh, his perspective, having met many of the witnesses and worked with uh, most of the active Roswell researchers, he uses many overhead projections, transparencies as comparison between the 1947 and what is going on today. A brief description of Area 51, underground bases, what's under our feet, UFO research sharing the frustrations and gratifications with the public. And what are, what are the frustrations that, that, uh, you find as a UFO researcher, Dennis? Well, number one would be the, Dealing with the government and the, and the military, number two would probably be 
the TV documentary media. Yeah, I, uh, no, you know what? <laughs> you All notice right. I didn't say radio. No, thanks, buddy. Radio is my favorite, my favorite means of uh, of sharing my research, and shows like you have and others, to me, are are what we need because. First of all, they're live, and, and nobody has the opportunity to take your words and, and change them around or, or have an agenda and, and change things, which is something that I have really experienced a lot with uh, TV documentaries. I guess the biggest disappointment I've had recently was the National Geographic show that was out about two years ago. Yeah. Where I spent six hours taping with those people and driving my vehicle all over southeast New Mexico at my expense and no reimbursement at all. And then when the show came out, it was totally biased. Uh, Stanton Friedman and I both were on the show and, and wrote articles about our, our dissatisfaction with it. We we had expected more out of the National Geographic yes. Channel than what we got. Uh, you know you know what I think happens is that they hire these, these independent uh, uh, companies... These independent producers, and these guys are looking to make a mark. And mm-hmm. if they can do it at your expense, making you or anyone else look bad, they do it. And well, you know it comes what? down to, it to is ratings wrong. and profits, yeah. Yeah, it, it is wrong, you know. Like, yeah. and, and what a lot of people do not realize, Dennis, and, and you know what? Maybe I don't emphasize this enough when talking to you researchers, is that you pay everything out of your pocket, and you do not get paid for these TV appearances that you do. Yeah, there's a big misconception. I know I've heard Stanton talk about people think he makes all this money because he does all these TV shows and and lectures and stuff like that. And and we really don't. I lose between oh probably two to four thousand dollars a year doing the research. Luckily, my wife allows me to do that. But you know, it's it's a love of wanting the truth that we do. And you know, I I don't have any problem doing that, but I really hate the way the documentary people take our research, years of research, in fact, mm-hmm. and distort it. And the, the normal American person or the normal person work watching a television show is going to believe a lot of what they see on television. And when it's distorted, that's not fair to the public, and it's not fair to the researchers or the to the topic. Yeah. I, I think that uh, with the visuals that a lot of these uh, producers put in after or during the uh, post-editing and during the editing when they also include B-rolls, they mm-hmm. can either make or break the interview. Sure. Using these oh, yeah. effects and the, and the B-rolls. And a lot, of the, a lot of the discussion shows like Larry King and stuff, they always bring the debunkers on and give them more airtime for some reason than they do the the serious researchers. And most, most hosts of radio show, uh, TV shows don't know enough about the subject really to do anything. Uh, Lester Holt, who has the NBC Today Show, weekend show, came to town a couple months ago and filmed me for a, a segment he was doing on Area 51. And I was really quite pleased with the way he handled it. Uh, he did a fairly good job with it. There were some things in the show that were, were wrong, but uh, overall I was I was pleased with that one. But I really, truly enjoy doing radio and writing editorials because of, there's no censorship there. Well, we try to keep it as fair as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk. We had somebody on the show a couple of weeks ago who wanted to, was the guy behind the Alien theme park. Yeah. I can't remember uh, his Timmer. name. Uh, Timmer. Brian uh, Timmer. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And mm-hmm. apparently he lost the funding from the state of uh, Texas. And now he's uh, seeking independent. Um... 
Yeah, the state of New Mexico. New had, Mexico, yeah, I'm sorry. New Mexico had appropriated something like $250,000 to study this, and then they found out there was a, some kind of a legality on it, mm -hmm. and they withdrew that. But uh, I wrote, uh, Brian wrote to me just a couple of days ago, in fact. Uh, we, we communicate once in a while. And he was looking for some type of uh, private financing. Mm -hmm. His idea is to put in a amusement park on the caliber of Disney World or something like that. In fact, I think Disney and Six Flags, a couple of the big amusement companies have looked at it. And New Mexico does not have an amusement park like a lot of other states do. And probably for revenue and the economy of the state or the city, it would probably be a good thing. Uh, unfortunately, it, the theme would be the aliens, which goes back to what I refer to as the woo-woo stuff. Yeah. And I have a big problem right here in Roswell with, with the festival being that way. You and I have talked about that before. And that's why I've enjoyed the Aztec one so much, because it's strictly for serious researchers. When I was talking to um, Brian, <clears throat> you know, one of the major bones of contention that I could think of was all the other major amusement parks have water. You know, they're 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 near the water, or they they have yeah. a water a water feature included. And I asked him if there was going to be a water feature, and he said no. And I said, well, wait a sec, hold on. Where are you going to take the kids when they get super hot? Like you're in a very hot area, right? You know, they they'll need to cool down. And if there was a consideration for a water theme park or or a man-made beach or whatever you can do as a, as a cool down point, I think it might be might be possible. Well, that's something that should be considered, and yeah. and it wouldn't be a problem here even with the heat. Mm. We have Roswell is known as the Tree City. We it, it's just mind blowing when you drive in here from two hundred and any two hundred miles from any direction, and Roswell is just covered in trees. And we have a water supply, an aquifer that is, is in good shape. So water would be available to, to do this thing uh, if he wanted to use it. I didn't know that he hadn't planned on doing anything with the water. Now, um, tell us about the Aztec. Uh... Well, it started, uh, well, the event itself supposedly happened in March of 1948, a few months after Roswell. Mm-hmm involving a craft 99 feet in diameter that made a soft landing at Hart Canyon just east of Aztec, New Mexico. And Aztec is in the Four Corners area of New Mexico, up where the four states come together, Farmington and uh, Durango, Colorado, up in that area, western northwestern corner of the state. Uh, over the years, there's been a lot of controversy on whether anything really happened there. And uh, back in 97... The library was looking for a fundraiser of some kind and decided, well, let's try this UFO thing, see if that will help us get some funds to build a new library in Aztec. Right. And it caught on. Excellent. And three years ago, Aztec got a state-of-the-art library, partially due to the revenue generated by the annual symposium that they have. Wow. And they, <clears throat> it has grown now to the point, Aztec's a pretty small town, that mm -hmm. They really don't have a facility large enough to handle the people that are coming in for the festival, motels, restaurants, and things like that. Farmington is about 30 miles away, and somewhere down the, the road that might be a possibility they have to move it over to Farmington. But for the time being, it's staying in, in the area of Aztec. But this past year, to give you an idea of what type of speakers they had, the uh, Stanton Friedman, Dwayne Tudor, who is a movie producer from Hollywood, Timothy Good. 
Ted Phillips, Dr. Jesse Marcel Jr., Scott Ramsey, Ken Storch, and James Carrion of MUFON. Wow, that's a, that's quite a heavy hitter list. Yeah, they had a pretty good lineup, yeah. and I was fortunate enough to be MC and got to introduce all of them. And uh, the response from the audience was tremendous. Uh, it was a good symposium. Like I said, the, the biggest crowds they've had, and we're uh, going to do it again next year. Excellent. Now tell me, Dennis, has anyone found any more evidence or any more compelling um, possibilities that would collaborate the story of the Roswell crash? Not physical evidence, Rob, but I'm working a witness right now. I just found out about a woman who worked at the hospital with a high security clearance claiming to have seen or shown bodies, and she had a mysterious death uh, in a motel here in town, locked door from the inside, apparent suicide. I've got some names of people I'm checking on right now to see if there's any family uh, members that might know of her or know anything about her. So we continue to, you know, to have names crop up from time to time. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. And, and Stanton and I and a few others continue to work those. It's an ongoing process, isn't it, my friend? It is, and, uh, you know, a lot of people have given up on Roswell. A few of us haven't because we have not been, I don't don't believe we've been told the truth in the four excuses we've been given over the last 60 years. Uh, I'm convinced something happened here in Roswell. I can't tell you that it was aliens. I don't know that. But based on the witnesses that I've talked to, 100 and 150 first-hand, second-hand witnesses, their stories don't, don't agree with what we've been told by the the military and the government. Uh, Most of the presidents of the United States have been interested in this subject and have not been able to get any information themselves, so it has some high security. My own theory on on Roswell is that whatever crashed here and was recovered, they still don't know what they have. Uh, If it's extraterrestrial, perhaps they don't know the propulsion or the guidance system, what the motive was for being here, where they're from. And until they know that and get the military advantage out of it for ourselves, they're not going to go public or admit that it ever happened. Dennis, please stand by. You and I have to take a commercial break. Always great having you here on the show, Dennis. Dennis Balthaser is our special guest. His website is truthseekeratroswell.com. That's www.truthseekeratroswell.com. Dennis and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario. Star Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on shortwave. We'll be back. Don't go away.
There's a family-friendly TV channel you can watch on the Internet direct from space with no subscription fee and on a growing list of TV stations and cable systems. For information and how to watch free online, go to www.whitesprings.tv. To watch anywhere in the U.S., Canada, or Mexico, all you need is a small dish and digital receiver. Costs about $125. You own it outright and never pay a cent for our programming. Our movies are presented commercial-free. Between movies, we bring you cartoons, soundies, previews, and classic TV. Check our schedule and actually watch online at www.whitesprings.tv. New from the people who brought you Talkstar Radio. Tell your friends there's a new kind of TV. Whitesprings.tv Whether it's the arrival of Planet X in 2012, the Earth's crazy weather cycles, our deadly global warming, Armageddon, UFOs, ETs, terrorism, the critical mass 2008 presidential elections, Dr. Jason Rand talks the talk and walks the walk. Being a twice-nominated Grammy record producer, recording artist, publisher, lecturer, UFO ET researcher and investigator, and best-selling author of The Return of Planet X, Mankind's Ongoing Legacy with a Brown Dwarf Star, Dr. Jason Rand truly does walk the walk and talk the talk. For more information on Dr. Jason Rand or to order The Return of Planet X, visit his website at www.returnofplanet-x.com or call... 901-336-9660. And where will you be in the year? Hi, this is Eric Rawls of Cosmoverse.com, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the Exxon. Hi, this is Blade Runner, and you are listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Hi, I'm Laura Sabrin of Feast to Fields Organic Vineyards in Jordan, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Hi, my name is Lady Ashley, the White Witch of Niagara-on-the-Lake, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal talk radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Everybody talks about a new world in the morning, new world in the morning, so they say. I myself don't talk about a new world in the morning, new world in the morning, that's the day. And I can feel a new tomorrow coming on. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon Radio on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on shortwave from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And this portion of the Exxon is being brought to you by Nola Lee Schneck. She is the author of Solar Myth. Myth. Solar Myth. There we go. Got it. Ever have one of those days when you just can't say anything right? Solar Myth. Her website is Nola Lee dot com. Uh, she was the young lady who was on the other day who was saying that the sun was cold. 
1-877-528-8255, toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Dennis Balthaser is our special guest. He is a UFO investigator, researcher, and lecturer, and his website is www.truthseekeratroswell.com. Um, is there still a lot of talk about Area 51 and the possibility that crashed UFOs as well as living and deceased alien visitors are being held in underground um, underground facilities at Area 51, uh, Dennis? Uh, the rumors are still evident, yeah. I don't know if I've talked to you since I was there. No, I don't I, think so. I, I did I did see the pictures. I did read your your uh, your um, editorial. In fact, we published it. Yeah. Uh, it's still alive and well. There's no doubt about that because I was there and saw the guards and harassed right. them for a little while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, they, uh, there's no fence around the base and you go up to the guard shack and they have a camera mounted about 30 feet up in the air and you walk along the property line and all of a sudden the camera's following you. So every so often I turn around and wave at them because it's a boring job for them, I'm sure. <laughs> Sitting out there in the middle of the desert because they can hear everything you're saying and know what you're doing and know who you are probably when you get there because they have the device to, to check license plates and they're sitting there waiting on you when you come around the corner. But uh, there's been a lot of rumors that Area 51 was moving. I don't believe that. First place, it's been in existence since 1955, mm-hmm. and I would be the first to be upset if they moved it after all the money they spent lying to us. Yeah. But. Uh, Area 51 to me is a catch-22. It's a vitally needed facility for us to do our our technology and our development of aircraft and testing of aircraft and other things. Uh, You can't tell your friends without your enemies knowing, so we have to have a place like that with high security. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as aliens, if that exists, then I think we have a right to know something about it uh, instead of just being lied to all the time like we are by the government and military. But again, it may be that they still don't understand what they have and can't go public with it until they themselves know what they're dealing with. And certainly they're not going to reveal anything that would be of advantage to any of our adversaries because you can't tell your friends without your adversaries knowing about That's it. That's right. But I think, uh, I think a lot of what we have heard about Area 51 is rumors. Uh, this Bob Lazar character, uh, you know, he, he made it famous years ago when he talked about working there and working on a craft down at S4 in a bunker in the mountain and stuff like that. But, you know, his background just doesn't hold water. I mean, there's too many too many things with his background that don't jive. His education, for one thing, I know Stanton has checked on the colleges. He was supposed to have gone to MIT and Caltech, and there's no record of him anywhere. Mm-hmm. He did work at Los Alamos. He's in the phone book, at least, uh, Worked for the Department of the Navy. Uh, we don't think he was working as a physicist. We think he was a technician of some kind. And then his personal life has had a lot of problems uh, involved with brothels and things like that. So I don't put a whole com- lot of confidence in, in Bob Lazar, nor do I in uh, Lieutenant Colonel Corso the day after Roswell, because the book that Corso wrote, has no references in it, and mm-hmm. this type of work, you have to validate and confirm information. Now, the security company that protects or is in charge of security for Area 51, isn't that the same company that was involved in the um, 
the uh, the it's Wack Wackenhut. Wackenhut. Were they involved in the uh, shooting of civilians in Iran? I had heard that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had heard that that uh, a couple of years ago, some of the guards at Area 51 were protesting and going to quit, mm -hmm. and they were told by Wackenhut that if they did, if they if they went on strike, they would never have another job anywhere in in the world. They couldn't get another job. Apparently, they have a pretty good handle on their on their employees, and they are a big organization. They they do a lot of security work for a lot of government con with a lot of government contracts. So they're they're a pretty powerful company. How about underground bases, um, Dennis? How many underground bases do you believe there are that the public is just unaware of? Oh Lord, uh, <laughs> we many, believe huh? we believe that most of the most of the military bases in the Western United States are probably interconnected with tunnels, uh, and tunnels is not something new. Uh, most nations do this, and. And there's a reason for it. They have to go underground now or at least do their, their work in because of the satellites. Enclo yeah. enclosures because of satellites. Yeah. I mean, you can read a newspaper from 200 miles up. Yeah. So there's an agreement that was signed by most nations several years ago on a flyover agreement where the Russians fly over the United States every day and can take pictures of anything they want. In fact, we found out about Area 51 through a Russian satellite picture back in the 80s. Base had been in existence since 1955. Uh, the underground stuff is is not new. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the pyramid research I'm doing, we're now finding that the Giza Plateau is just littered with underground facilities and underground tunnels. I, was, so, I just received a, a message from one of our listeners, and apparently there was a underground base in North Bay, Ontario, which is now supposedly closed. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, you had uh, Montauk, which was over in uh, Long Island, yeah. where they did the uh, the Navy did that radar thing on the, the ship that disappeared and stuff mm -hmm. like that, and they think that they were doing mind control on children and, and stuff like that. There's so much going on secretively with black projects and things like that, and this, most of this, I think, is done underground in some of these facilities. The the workforce for people to work in these places is is abundant. We've, we've been mining uh, minerals and coal and, and different things for, for many years. So there's, there's a lot of experienced employees that can go to work for these companies. The only problem I see is, is the security requirements, that you have to have security, so they have to sign paperwork, you know, admitting that they won't uh, ever disclose anything they know about the job they're doing, which I know they do at Area 51. You sign statements there. And if you violate that, you're looking at Leavenworth Prison and you're looking at big fines. one 877 is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Dennis Balthaser is our special guest. He's a UFO researcher, investigator, and lecturer. And uh, his website is www.truthseekeratroswell.com. So we've got all these underground bases uh, that... that are being used because of satellite imagery from not only the Soviets, but now other nations that have mm -hmm. the, uh, the eyes in the sky. Mm -hmm. um, I've also heard, uh, and I, I met a Marine sergeant who was in charge of a couple of embassies uh, a couple of years ago when I was on a cruise, and he was saying that there are bases built into mountains where craft actually... There, there are something like hangar doors on the side of the mountains where craft actually go in. Uh, the, he said that he's seen uh, 
attack helicopters. He's seen the Apache. He's seen the Blackhawk uh, actually go into these uh, into these hangars, these bases that are built in mountains. And he's even said that he saw the um, oh my gosh, what's the what's the jet that hovers? The Harrier. The Harrier being used mm-hmm. and and being stationed in these mountain uh, mountain hangars and mountain bases. And he well, said, well, you know, there's uh, two that come to mind. One is, of course, the the base located adjacent to Area 51, S4. That has seven doors that are built into the side of the mountain, and they're painted with camouflage and, and textured to where they're not visible from the air. And that's the location where Lazar claimed that he worked. And those inside those seven doors, there's apparently seven or eight levels below ground. Wow. The other one that comes to mind, and I'm not sure about this one, is Dulce, New Mexico. And there, there have been reports of craft coming out of the mountain and going into the mountain. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that Dulce is not a, a diversionary site, perhaps for some other site. But uh, Dulce has received a lot of publicity over the years about... Oh, work, even where we're working with aliens and doing bio, biogenetic uh, testing on uh, on animals and people and things like that. These are all theories and, and rumors, you know, but I can't prove. But these are these are places that I've heard about. Yes, Dennis, has there been any updates or any news that you've heard about the uh, UFO sighting over Stevensville, Texas? Well, the MUFON came out with a. a pretty much a finalized report and really didn't didn't come up with anything major yeah. uh, I, I still think there's something to Stephen though first of all I need to know how in the hell you can lose 10 F-16s for two weeks the Air Force originally came out and said there, were, there was nothing flying that night and then when the pressure started building two weeks later they came out and said, oh, yeah, we did have 10 F-16s flying in that area on that date. So for two weeks or 10 days, apparently we didn't know where 10 F-16s were or that they were in the air that night, and that bothers me. That, that's similar to the O'Hare Airport sighting uh, two years ago mm-hmm. where you have the second busiest airport in the United States has something hovering over a United Airlines gate, and nobody in our government is concerned about it. Well, when it comes to the uh, the O'Hare Airport, I, I've got a few, I've got a few things that just don't make sense. For example, if it was really there, with the second busiest airport in the United States, how come passengers and people within the airport didn't see it and start taking photos? Everybody's yeah. got cameras these days. That's, you can't get away from that. That's a good point. That's a good point. The, the only thing that I'm going on is yeah. the, the witnesses, Uber pilots, and ground crew, and and people like that, and then the runaround that was given by the United Airlines and the FAA, which is typical. Mm-hmm. But you, you're definitely right. You know, if there was something like that in the air, you would think that someone would have had a, a phone camera or, or some type camera to take a picture of it. Plus, post 9/11, they knew that Chicago was supposed to be one of the cities targeted by the mm-hmm. Al Qaeda. If anything would have shown up anywhere, man, I, I I could just imagine the amount of scrambling of Air Force. Uh, well, there Air was Force. some video taken in Stephenville, but the yep. MUFON guys decided that it was the planet Venus that they were taking pictures of. And in one case, the the film was not a good film. Another case, it was a, a movement of the camera, right. which are all all valid reasons for for dis, dis, uh, proving something. You know, that you got to have better information than yep. that. So, when it comes to uh, the the sighting of UFOs, Dennis. 
What should people do if they believe they are looking at a UFO? How should they document it so that it will be taken seriously, not only by the researchers like yourself and our friends at MUFON, but by government investigators and the media as well? Well, the, the media you can eliminate for the time being because they're not gonna, they're not gonna air it as a serious a, a serious story. Yeah, all right. they, they may do it for, for ratings or something like that and get it on and get it off. But photography can be, with computers nowadays, you can do just about anything to mm -hmm. a picture. So you need some type of uh, a photograph that is verifiable, and there are people uh, that can do that uh, who are in the UFO field. Bruce McAbee is one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple others that do photographic analysis. So you need good pictures. You need a lot of documentation. You need time. You need locations. You need multiple witnesses, mm -hmm. uh, different locations perhaps. Peter Davenport has the UFO Reporting Center up in Seattle, Washington. He has a great data database, and whenever people write to me and say that they've seen something, I ask them to contact him with all the information they have to see if he can verify if anyone else saw it at the same time, the same date, same location, things like that. And that seems to work pretty well. Uh, sometimes you can get the, the law enforcement people involved in it, and, and they'll take it somewhat serious. Uh, it's, it's always a good idea to contact law enforcement if you, if you see something and don't know what it is. The thing people need to remember is that 90% of what people see is identifiable. It's the 10% that's not identifiable that, that we wonder about. And I think when the guys and the girls from Stephenville were on TV and were made to look like fools, most of these people are not saying that they saw a UFO. They're saying they're asking the question, what did I see? They simply want answers. And yes. anytime you see anything in the sky that is not identifiable, it becomes a UFO. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's alien. Dennis, my friend, you and I have to take our final break. Please stand by. It's always great talking to you, Dennis. Dennis Balthaser is our special guest. He is a UFO investigator, researcher, and lecturer. And uh, whenever Dennis sends us a copy of his recent editorial, we're always pleased to include it in the X-Chronicles newspaper, which for the month of June is coming out on June 15th. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the X Zone live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, exclusively on the Talkstar Radio Network, X Zone TV, and on shortwave. Whatever you do, don't go away. And if you do, come back. Don't be like Doctor Rand and disappear in a wormhole. We'll be back. Don't go away. Is life moving too fast? If you're self-employed or a small business owner, you have no choice but to move as fast as you can. Sometimes you move so fast you don't take a close look at life's details. When was the last time you looked at your health insurance? If you don't have health insurance or if you have the wrong coverage, serious medical bills could mount up. That's where the Mega Life and Health Insurance Company comes in. We provide affordable health insurance for the self-employed and small business owners. If you don't have health insurance, call us. If you have coverage, call anyways. 
See if we can give you better coverage at a better price. Stay on track for affordable health insurance designed specifically for the self-employed and small business owners. Call 877-735-6460. That's 877-735-6460. Home office located in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Not available in all states and benefits may vary by state. Association membership may not be required to obtain insurance. Call 877-735-6460 for details. I know you've heard me talk about Margie Garrison, the arthritis lady, but have I told you about the time she was thrown out of an arthritis convention for telling the truth that most arthritis sufferers attending that convention didn't need the expensive and maybe dangerous drugs and treatments they were being sold? And a lot did they hustle her out of there, Pronto. This might not work for absolutely everybody, but if you get Mrs. Garrison's program and give it a try for a year and it doesn't end up ending most of your pain, ask for your money back. Look it up for yourself online at healthstarproducts.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H, healthstarproducts.com. See what the doctors are saying about Mrs. Garrison's program and if this works for you or a member of your family. Live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.exxon-radio.com. the next hour, we have Elizabeth Joyce coming on the show. She's going to be doing psychic readings for one and all who give us a call at one 877 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one 877 My guest this hour is our good friend, George uh, Dennis Balthaser. And uh, Dennis is a UFO investigator, researcher, and lecturer. And tell me, Dennis, what kind of research are you doing on the pyramids? Uh, glad you asked. John DeSable, the uh, director of the Great Pyramids Association that I belong to, just came out with a brand new book called Decoding the Pyramids that is excellent. New pictures, new information. It just, uh, I've read it in two days. It's one wow. of the books you keep turning pages. I'm going to put together a lecture on the pyramids because this is something that's of interest to a lot of people, and there's so much information in there that I want to share with with the public. All right, without without spoiling it for readers uh, for John's book, is there a connection between the pyramids and ETs? Well, that's why I'm involved with the, the association. They believe that the pyramids are the three pyramids of Giza and the Sphinx are much older than Egyptian civilization. And we now have information of a civilization that lived there in North Africa called Comitians that supposedly had contact with star people. So I'm not saying that ETs built the pyramids, but I am saying that the technology could have come from, from ETs to these Comitians. And we believe that the pyramid, the Great Pyramid, is probably an energy machine. 
it could have been used as a, a reference uh, for for star travelers, and that's mentioned in the book also. So the, the possibility exists that there is some involvement. We don't know to what extent. You know, I was uh, doing some, some research on the Book of Revelations, and they talk about the seven stars on the seven, uh, how... How, the, how God, the Creator, held yeah. seven stars in His hand and walked on the seven lampposts, right. and it seems that the, the seven stars could very well be the seven stars of the Pleiades. Yep, yeah, and the, and the Native American Indians yep. are very familiar with the seven sisters, which is the seven stars. That's right. Uh, that's there's a connection there too, but uh, this this pyramid stuff is just absolutely fascinating because there's some physical stuff there that we can look at. A good example, uh, you mentioned the revelations in the Bible, the coffer that was found in the, in the Great Pyramid, which is yes. the only thing that was found in there. There's no evidence that the Khufu was ever buried there. That coffin, that coffer, is the same size exactly as the Ark of the Covenant. Now, that is interesting. That's what we'll have to talk about the next time you're on. In fact, I'll try and get John on with us at the same time. Okay. That'd be great. Dennis. Uh, I, I had mentioned Aztec. I don't yes. know if you've ever had, have you ever had Scott Ramsey on the show? Yes, I have. Okay, because Scott has got a book coming out pretty soon, and he has done some excellent research on it. All right, has Scott given me a call or get a hold of me, Dennis? We've run out of time for tonight, but it's always great having you on the show, and I look forward to the next time when you and I meet here in the Exxon, my friend. Take care of yourself. Once again, uh, Dennis Balthaser's website is www.truthseekeratroswell.com. When we come back from the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past... Our good friend Elizabeth Joyce will be joining us doing psychic readings for one and all who give us a call at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. And in our final hour tonight, Dr. William Schneed will be with us talking about serial killers. What makes them and who are they? All this and more as the Exxon continues on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV and shortwave from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. We'll be back after the news.